Welcome, brothers and sisters. Today is part one of two on the topic of slavery in the Bible. Learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. Teacher Jacob Leger and your host, Pastor Daniel Wright. Heart of Worship Church Media presents Rightly Dividing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. This is Rightly Dividing. I am Pastor Daniel Wright, and this is Jacob Leger. How's it going, guys? Our teacher at Heart of Worship Church. Today, we're going to be talking about slavery in the Bible. Mm. Well, and before we go any further, as always, we do want to plug episode one. It uh, gives us the foundation of understanding why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, so do watch episode one if you have not already. We do encourage that. Uh one of the main points of the episode one we always talk about is remember to agree to disagree where applicable. And one other thing before we begin as well, very important, when it comes to the Word of God, remember that in the Bible, a historical account does not necessarily translate to a theological endorsement. That's right. So that said, is slavery in the Bible? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. No doubt. It is definitely in the Bible. But good news, it's not what people would think as a modern issue right. of slavery. Right. So uh, it's all semantics and language. Of course, we're talking about uh, ancient Hebrew compared right. to modern English. Uh, it is not race-based. Slavery in the Bible that was uh, practiced in the time of the Israelites was not race-based slavery. It is much different than what you would think, but it's specifically economic, and it is also voluntary. Especially when dealing with the Israelites themselves. Now, talking about other countries and, and other nations of the time, they did have harsh slavery. We'll get into that in a little while. Which goes back to the point of a historical account. That's right. Not a theological endorsement. That's right. You know, uh, Canaanites had slaves. They were treated terribly. Right. That is not a theological endorsement. So uh, being that it was economic and voluntarily based, we also want to note that it was highly, highly, highly regulated in the uh, practice of said slave, which we can really say servant. It comes right. down to an indentured servant. Uh, that being for debt repayment, uh, or even a better standard of living. They figured it would actually be better for them, much like the prodigal son. I, it would be better that I would be a servant in my father's house, right? That's right. That's literally what we're talking about. We all know the story of the prodigal That's son because right. he was feeding pigs. Right. So he was prepared to make a voluntary-induced slavery uh, slavery institution, or right. we can say servanthood, right. uh, because it was much better than the life he was living. Definitely. Uh, much like modern employment, we go, we work we get a wage and we pay the bank right so there's a debt we need to work to pay it off except you you kind of can't quit in a way the, you know? the, there's some minor details <laughs> minor right right we'll get into those <laughs> although there ways. are some jobs i'm sure many of us have had that are listening right now and say oh yes it feels like i can't leave <laughs> 12 14 hour shifts six hours six days a week your work comes home with you <laughs> exactly kind of thing, the emails yeah. and everything else right. uh but the word slave uh in the hebrew it's eved now, I do lean on Jacob. He is much more inclined to the Hebrew terms and uh, pronunciation than myself. But the word slave or servant in Hebrew is aved. Aved, that's correct. Aved. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, three types of slavery. Bond servant. That is usually what is mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is what we described earlier as it was voluntary, economic-based, uh, and it was even temporary. 
uh, Greco-Roman. That would be slaves that could own property and buy their freedom. Right. They could get out of it at a, if they could purchase their freedom, Which, build, build up enough wage or however. Right. And so it's not what we would consider slavery of the American understanding of the Civil War in the South and all that other stuff. Right. Now, what is that? What's considered the transatlantic slave trade, which would be unequal, cruel, harsh, taskmaster, oftentimes racial prejudices. That's right. So the short answer, the Bible is without a doubt against harsh and forced slavery. Yes, it is. And what we love to go ahead and point out before any scripture, which we have a lot of scripture to cover, the first one, Exodus twenty one sixteen, it says, And he that stealeth a man and selleth him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. And that's pretty much a nail in the coffin right there. Yeah, that's that's kidnapping, stealing someone, and then force selling them into selling them into slavery. Kind of like Joseph, what, the, what his brothers did to him. I was literally thinking the exact same thing right, right there. Not in our notes, but that's definitely right. the same concept. We should not steal someone and sell them. Right. Uh, what now, Exodus written after Genesis, but understanding that God's endorsement for this type of practice was specifically death. Right. That would be the punishment, that is. Uh, also, take note, remember that God delivered his people out of slavery in Egypt. So if slavery was endorsed by God, deliverance would not have been needed. That's right. So if God uh, endorsed slavery, then what would be the point? That's just, I'm sorry, homie, you're, you're a slave. That's right. just normal. Right. So uh, God heard their prayers, it says. He did. And he, he delivered them. That's right. We're going to look at uh, two forms of slavery. We gotta, uh, we'll break these down, and then we'll go into a lot more uh, scripture and, and discussion. The first one is a voluntary, as Pastor Daniel brought up. Um, voluntary as in to pay off a debt. Uh, indentured servitude, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll, we'll give the definition of that, but it's very much similar to that. Um, and then the other form is judgment by God. Mm. Even God allowed his own people to be taken into slavery because of their disobedience. That's a great point. Yes. And bringing a judgment, it proves alone that it is not a good thing, nor it is God's perfect will. He uses that as a judgment, but we got to remember there's mercy in that. Right. There's mercy in judgment. The purpose for judgment is to bring his mercy for repentance. That's right. So back to that, uh, that term, indentured servitude. Some of y'all may have heard it, may have heard it in school. But that is more in line of what is being talked about in the Bible when talking about the Israelites. Now, the Egyptians had the Israelites in harsh slavery. It uses the word rigor, and that means cruel mm. or severe, right? Right. But when talking about the way God told the Israelites how they could have servants, it is more in line with an indentured servitude, and that's defined as this. It's a form of labor in which a person is contracted to work without a salary for a set number of years. The contract is called an indenture. It may be entered voluntarily for eventual compensation or debt repayment, or it may be imposed by a judicial punishment. So we got a quote here from Dr. William Smith stating that slavery as it existed under the Mosaic law has no modern parallel. That law did not originate, but only regulated an already existing custom of slavery. The gospel in its spirit and genius is hostile to slavery in every form. 
which under its influence is gradually disappearing from among men, which is a very good quote there. Right. And, and that's, that's something, again, to reiterate the reality of the words. You see, when we say slavery, we're automatically going to be the modern term or our understanding of right. it. But if you just said slavery hundreds of years ago, that was more what we would call the indentured servant. They understood that that's what that meant. Right, right. It did not necessarily mean, well, uh, the, ta- the, the master would be a taskmaster or racial, racist right. uh, beating them and all the other things. Exactly, exactly. Again, it's, the main thing it was it was voluntarily. And I was, I'll say for me, doing this study on it, I had to break myself of thinking that way. Right. Because we were born, me, me and Daniel were born and raised in America, yep. learning about the Civil War and the American slave trade. And, and all, all you stuff. hear on the news is about exactly. the, your ancestors were taskmasters right. and slave owners right. and all that. But it wasn't the same. No, it's definitely not. And we're just going to go straight for the elephant in the room. Let's go there. Because <laughs> there's a couple of verses that most people who say that the Bible condones slavery and that it's uh, that's why the Bible's bad and all these things like that, we're going to go straight to those. We're not going to waste any time. We got to remember that this type of servitude during this time was not the same as the slavery in America. I know we've said it. We're going to probably say that a couple of more times to reiterate that fact. Why not? It needs to be said. It does. So the verses in, in uh, that we're going to bring up is out of Leviticus 25, verse 44 through 46. And I'm going to read them for clarity's sake because it needs to be read. Both thy bondmen and thy bondmaids thou shalt have, thou shalt be of the heathen that are round about you. Of them ye shall buy bondmen and bondmaids, moreover of the children of the strangers that sojourn among you. Of them shall ye buy and of their families that are with you, which they begot in your land. And they shall be your possession... And they shall take them as an inheritance for your children after you, and an inherit and inherit them for a possession, and they shall be your bondmen forever. But of your brethren the children of Israel, ye shall not rule over one another with rigor. Now, if you take this at face value, it sounds Yeah. Bad. Oh yeah. It says you can go and buy them. Right. Forever. It uses those terms, you know, all these things that they're a perpetual uh perpetual bondman. Right. But we're gonna hit on some points to clear this up. Yes. Okay. So we got to remember when this was written. This was written before they went into the promised land. The Israelites. Right. Yeah. We got to get everybody on track. Right. Right. <laughs> so God is giving the promised land to the Israelites. It was a blessing and a promise fulfillment. He told Abraham, hey, this is going to be the land of your, in, your, your uh, ancestors, right? Right. So this is, this is part of the fulfillment of, of that. But for the pagan Canaanites, the Israelites going into the promised land was judgment against the Canaanites. Right. So God used his people to enact judgment right. as punishment for what they've done, which I know we're about to talk about. Yes. But in like manner, while we're on the topic, it also happened the reverse. When God's people, the Israelites, rebelled against his word, he used the Canaanites or the Babylonians or yep. the Assyrians. That's right. That's right. To invade and then take them as slaves. That's right. Okay, so it's judgment against the Canaanites, but we got to remember that this would be a humbling for the Canaanites and that it would be a chance for them to repent and turn to God. There you go. Because the Israelites were to be an example of who God was to the world. Right. And they would have been the first encounter with the Israelites coming in. The thing that the Canaanites did that was so rough is that they sacrificed their children to false gods by burning them alive on the hands of a metal statue. Not too far-fetched from what's happening in America. Right. Abortion. Roe versus Wade. Exactly. Uh, dismembering infants in the womb yes. is not too far from that. Right. So God help us. Yes. 
Yeah, if he if he judged the Canaanites. Oh yeah, um, America's. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's not yeah. Like, like I said Sunday morning, uh, if um, if God doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, I've heard that. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. On to the verse that states that the heathen that is referring to the Canaanites that were living in the promised land before Israel went in. So we got to right. keep this historical, this historical thing together, right? It says that they would be a bondman forever. And that does sound harsh, mm-hmm. but it was a way to stop the pagan practices in the land that were abhorrent to God. Correct. If they, if the Canaanites in the judgment that God placed on them by the Israelites coming in and taking over, right. That they would be part of their judgment would, they would be a servant to the Israelites. Mm-hmm. It was to, for the Israelites to put an end to the pagan practices right. of all of this. Abhorrent practices, yes, abhorrent. Even, which pagan would is, is right. obviously, but but just the, from the natural sense, even if you're atheist, you look at that, why would you kill children like that? Right. It's absolutely abhorrent. <clears throat> exactly. You know? And the verse above, do not say, it doesn't say this, it doesn't say to forcibly take and to seek out slaves and servants. It says that you may, and it's still referring to taking them in as bond servants. It doesn't mean right. to go forcefully take the Canaanites and say, you're going to work for us. We took you over. Now you're going to do all these things. If they're on hard times, they could still sell themselves to you right. to pay off a debt and whatever it may be. Right. Right. And sticking in the context of this to echo what you said, they didn't actually put them in the slave trade. They're already there. Yeah. If anything, the Israelites having this application is rescuing them out of what would be cruel slavery. Right. Uh, the abhorrent slave uh, exactly. beating them and all that stuff because it was highly regulated with the Israelites and what they had to have their bonds. Exactly. Of. And we're going to hit a bunch of scriptures that, that point to that, definitely. Right. Um, another thing to note is that every time, just about every time slavery is mentioned in the Bible, God reminds the Israelites that they were slaves in Egypt. So that's a very good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically say, saying that you know what it's like to be under harsh slave masters, so don't treat people that way who serve Correct. you. Exactly. Right. Remember, brothers and sisters, the word of God will stand forever. We thank you for joining us on part one of two on the topic of slavery in the Bible. If you're on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe and click that bell for notifications. If you are watching or listening on a podcast platform, we ask that you would follow us. If you don't mind, that really helps us out. If you have any comments, questions, uh, topics, suggestions, please email us at info at heartofworshipchurch.com. Join us on the next part, part two of two, as we continue the discussion of slavery in the Bible. This has been Daniel Wright and Jacob Leger, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us this episode. For more information on our ministry or to contact us, please visit heartofworshipchurch.com.